Welcome to Chase Oaks. My name is Ryan. We're so glad that you are tuning in wherever you are watching from, whether you're in person at one of the Chase Oaks locations or if you're watching online or perhaps you figured out a way to stream to your Peloton. I am impressed. We are starting a brand new series, a brand new collection of talks called Love Like Jesus. Now, a lot of you may consider yourself a Jesus person. You often call yourself a Christian. And you can get on board with that idea. Loving like Jesus, sure. Now, there might be some of you that are watching this. Maybe a friend brought you to a Chase Oaks location, or maybe they sent you a link to this message. And you would not consider yourself a Jesus person. Uh, You wouldn't consider yourself a Christian because, most likely, you actually had an experience with one. A bad experience with one. You dated one and they ghosted you. You married one. You live next to one. You work with one. And there was something that happened with those Christians over there. And you thought, "Mm, no, that's not for me. I'm not going to lie. I've had my fair share of experiences with Christians. And at some point, I don't know, I've seen some Christians post some things online and thought to myself, Christians are weird. And then about 10 seconds later, I realized, and I am one. And I wish that sometimes I could separate myself and go, oh, I'm not like the bumper sticker Christian. I'm like the regular. Like, and, and, But no, we're kind of all in this thing together. And so if you're a person that doesn't consider yourself a Jesus person, I want to invite you over the next few weeks to consider loving like Jesus. And here's what I think would happen. I think it would absolutely change your life. The reality is when all of us think of the word Christian in the world today, Christian Christianity Well, the brand isn't the greatest. There's not a whole bunch of people that aren't Christians that are going, man, if only I was just more like those Christians. But what I've often had to do is I've actually had to separate the brand of Christianity from the person of Christ. And sometimes we see a massive gap between the brand and the person. And when we begin to zoom in on the life of Jesus, we see something that radically changed the world. The other interesting thing about the word Christian is first century Christians weren't called Christians. In fact, they were called followers of the way. In fact, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. His way was so great that people said, hey, we want to follow his way, the way he did things, the way he saw things. This is the way that we want to live. And it changed the world for forever. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I've got friends on both sides of a lot of polarizing issues. I've got CNN watching friends. I've got Fox News watching friends. I've got friends that love guns. I've got friends that love the recycling bin. Okay, I've got friends that, that, that are on, on opposite ends, but yet they still consider themselves Christians, Christ followers. And so what ends up happening when you find yourself on the opposite end of the spectrum of somebody that maybe you're on the opposite side of is we often bring Jesus into, well, our side. And there's lots of conjecture in 2020 filling in the, the, the blank on answering these questions. What would Jesus do? Have you ever heard a Christian say a statement about what Jesus would do? And you thought to yourself, he would? Like he would, you think Jesus do that? Or, or maybe they filled in the blank on, 
What would Jesus say? You're like, you think Jesus would say that? My favorite is when people fill in the blank and come up with lots of conjecture on what Jesus would post. Do you think Jesus would post that? To which I would then ask the question, on which platform? Is Jesus on TikTok or Snapchat? What it, Facebook? Public figure page? Fan page? Jesus? Okay. Well, who's running that page? Judas? I mean, think about this for a second. Are you really sure you know what Jesus would post? I mean, then it goes even further. We People fill in the blank on what they believe Jesus would protest and who Jesus would support. And, and, and you know it. You've, you've got friends that have done this. Who Jesus would endorse. And they've made biblical arguments for why Jesus would do and say and post and support and endorse what he would. Now, here's the deal. As a, as a person that teaches on, on the life of Jesus, studies the life of Jesus... Does I do my best to try and follow in the footsteps of Jesus. If I'm honest, as a person that is scanning the scriptures on pretty much a daily basis for a living, if I'm honest, a lot of times I hear the conjecture and think, you know what, maybe. I think the argument could be made that Jesus would do that, would say that, would post that. I mean, I get it because, well, if you've been a Christian a long time, Man, you can kind of copy and paste lots of verses and paint a picture that, well, if we're honest, that picture often ends up agreeing with what we want it to agree with. And if I'm honest, the minute I begin to start making arguments about what Jesus would do and would say, and I'm picking and choosing the verses that support my already pre-existing theories, man, leads me to believe Man, am I, am I adapting a version of Jesus that sort of aligns with my worldview and my agenda and what I would prefer Jesus to be? I mean, the question we have to ask ourselves this weekend is this. Let's see here. There we go. Are we recreating and reimagining Jesus in the image of who we prefer him to be? I don't think it's supposed to work that way. I think our approach to Scripture and our approach to following Jesus is saying, hey, this isn't about my agenda and you agreeing with me. This is about me adapting your perspective. This is about me getting on your will. God, I'm not trying to use you. I'm asking you to use me and to have your way in my life. And so the question we have to change to is this. is, Are we being created new in being transformed into his likeness, in becoming who he'd prefer us to be. Because that's the direction that we have to move as Christ followers. If we are going to really live like Jesus, then we're going to have to not... Here's the, I'm not here this weekend to play judge or, or to somehow police your actions on what Jesus would do and what Jesus would say. While I believe there is some merit in asking those questions and, and perhaps it can be a guide. What, what I want to zoom in on on this weekend is what fueled Jesus. What was his why? Not, not his what, not even who he supported and who he would endorse. But looking at, okay, but what was his motivation for life? 
What was the thing that made him alter travel plans at times? What was the thing that would cause him to move how he moved? It was one thing, ladies and gentlemen. Love. Love was the motivating factor. And here's what I know about my CNN watching friends, my Fox News watching friends, my gun loving friends, my recycle bin loving friends. Here's what I know about them and here's what I know about me. Is that we have an obsession with being right. We have an obsession with winning. And here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. We can't be more concerned with winning over loving. Can you imagine what the world would look like if the, if, if the experience that they had with a Christ follower was more about love than it was about getting a W. I mean, here's, here's, here's our reality that we live in in America. Politicians win or lose based on how people vote. But for us, the church wins or loses based on how well we love others. That's the scoreboard for us. How well have we loved our neighbor, how well have we loved the world around us? And I don't think the world around us, I don't believe the people at your job have experienced a Jesus level of love. And I think if they did, it would change their hearts, it would change their minds, and it would change their life for forever. And Jesus introduced what I believe is a Jesus level of love. The night before he would be crucified, just after or around the Last Supper, the timing of of the statement we're going to break down tonight, um, scholars have much debate about. But he says something, he introduces something new that on the surface we're like, duh, but when we really dive into what it means to love like Jesus, I think by the end of today's message, you're going to go, whoa, I don't know if I've loved like that. And here's what he says in John chapter 13, verse 34. He says, a new command I give you, love one another, a new command. Jesus, why is this new? It sounds old, if I'm being honest. The new command for us, when Jesus is saying a new command, he isn't saying, well, old doesn't matter. He's not saying that new diminishes the old. What he is saying is a new command I give you. I am about to reveal something that perhaps is unfamiliar. And I want to show it to you. But before we go there, we have to go, okay, well, what was old? What was necessary before this new command? I'm glad you asked. Mark chapter 12 says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I mean, so when we're looking at this, we're going, all right, love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul. Okay, well, I don't know how we often measure that, but okay, we're we're in it to win it. Okay, we we want to love God. This is a great command. Well, then he goes, love your neighbor as what? As yourself. It's like Jesus is going, I don't have to motivate anybody to love themselves. Okay, we are very good at looking out for us. 
and thinking about the world through our lens. He's going, so, hey, why don't you take that lens and that's how we are going to love others. So I want you to look at your neighbor and go, okay, however you would treat yourself, that's how I want you to to treat them. He also says this in Luke 631, which we're very familiar with, the golden rule, do to others. As you would have them do unto you like, man, OK, we, we get this like this. This is elementary, especially if you're Christ follower. I mean, I think the world would be changed if we all just did that. But if you're a Christ follower, love your neighbor as yourself. This is what Jesus has taught about love. Then in Matthew chapter five, verse 43, he says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. They were actually taught to do that. They were, in fact, some Jews were told it was their religious duty to hate somebody that was against them, somebody that was not a Jew. He says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your way. So we went from love God. Okay, I can do that. He's gracious. He's almighty. He's omniscient he's awesome yeah okay i can love god love your neighbor as yourself well i love me you love you it's like okay well all right i think i can get on board with that then jesus takes it to another level he says oh no 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 i want you to love your enemy jesus you could have said a lot of things about my enemies you could have said uh just get along with them say wave at them when you see them he said no 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 no. i want you to love your enemies, now, that group of people that you see as uh, opposed to your ideas and your values. Jesus goes, hey, uh, you want to love like me? You're going to have to love that group of people you probably don't want to love in the first place. Uh, one of the things that me and my wife love doing for fun, uh, especially during this COVID season, uh, part of what we do for date nights, uh, she's, uh, she does interior design. So what we actually do is we actually tour other neighborhoods besides our own. Okay, So we just pick a direction, and when we find a neighborhood, we just pull in and we just admire the ambiance of different neighborhoods and homes. Uh, we snuck into a few gated communities. I might as well just confess my sins to you right now. And uh, they left the gate open. That's their problem. So, um, so we... we 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 uh, it, it's been a, a fun uh, trait of ours to do in 2020. Like it's just it's just a part of what we do. We love finding new neighborhoods and just kind of enjoying what what we see around. And over the last month uh, in this practice, what we have seen is we will will drive, drive past these yards and in the yard our yard sign. Some say vote for Trump. I'm like oh are we in a Trump neighborhood? Okay, all right, all right. And then we'll drive about another 30 feet and then we'll see another sign that says. Vote for Biden. I'm like, what's it like when these two take out the trash? I don't know. This, 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 this could be contentious. We went, we drove past another house. There was a big banner hanging over like, like a, uh, like a, a porch. And it said, vote for Trump. And then across the street was another banner that said, vote for Biden. I'm just going, this neighborhood, I don't, I don't, I, there's no signs in my neighborhood. It's not, it's, it's, there's no action in my neighborhood. We got to go to another neighborhood for this, okay? And so we're like, are we getting entertained by this? Like, what's happening? And, and you know, it's, I begin to ask myself, are they enemies? And what would it look like for them to love one another? I mean, for them, either they got to love their neighbor or love their enemy, it's amazing if they're both, but no matter how you slice it, they got to love. 
And following Jesus is moving us to some uncomfortable places. So what do we have thus far, ladies and gentlemen? We've got love God. We've got love our neighbor as ourselves. We've got love your enemies. You're like, Jesus, is there anything else that you could ask of us? He said, yeah, i got one last new command for you. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another. And then he says, this, 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 is, this, this is why he came to church this week. And he says, as I have loved you. What? How in the world are we going to do that? So you must love one another by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How? As I have loved you. We're not just loving God. We're not just loving our neighbor as ourselves. We're not just loving our enemies. Now it's going. We've got to look at a Jesus level of love for motivation for how we love each other. If you're curious, if you're wondering how in the world did Jesus love them, when he says, as I have loved them, he's calling us to a whole new standard. Let me tell you what Jesus' standard of love is. We find it in John chapter 15. It says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. I mean, isn't that the Ultimate picture of love when someone lays down their life for a friend. Here's what I believe with all of my heart. It is impossible to love like Jesus without laying something down. Some of us need to lay down our pride to love like Jesus. Some of us need to lay down our bias to love like Jesus. Some of us need to lay down our jealousy of a friend to love like Jesus. Some of us might need to lay down our politics to love like Jesus. Some of us might need to let go and lay down of a constant addiction of constantly being right to love like Jesus, because if I'm honest, my friends, I have never seen a broken marriage get healed from two people that decided to just be right. From somebody that says, okay, you know what, I'm going to be more right in this marriage, and oh, we're going to, well, this is going to go really well. I have never seen racial reconciliation happen from people that said, okay, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone. No, somebody had to lay something down for that to happen. I have never seen any relationship thrive based off of two people who agreed to just be prideful. And they say, hey, I'll be self-centered and you'll be self-centered and we'll both be happy. No, you'll both be miserable And alone. We got to lay something down, church. If we are going to love like Jesus, my question for you this weekend is what's the one thing we need to lay down to build up the relationships that matter the most? You know, uh, we've... We heard it earlier this year, and it's becoming more and more true, that we are 
we've got a front row seat, ladies and gentlemen, to a divorce rate that is going up. And it breaks my heart. And it's like perhaps we're distracted by a bunch of other things that perhaps we haven't paused long enough to realize that some of our friends are struggling. You might be watching this message right now and your marriage might be on the rocks. Might I submit something to you on top of counseling and admitting like, hey, we, we got some issues. Love like Jesus. And lay something down. Sometimes you've got to lay down your wealth. Sometimes you have to make a really hard decision and lay down a career. Laying down our preference. Laying down what we want. Laying down winning. It's not easy. But I don't see how we can love like Jesus and not lay something down. When I think about the person in my life who is the most like Jesus to me, in my own personal opinion, he's... He's one of my best friends. His name is James. You know what he's constantly laying down? His time. He's constantly laying down his time. He is notoriously renowned for pulling over on the side of the road. He had, he had this truck for a long time, and he was constantly just hauling stuff for people. I'd call him and go, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm taking this bed to this person's house. I'll go, who? He goes, I don't know. I saw him at Ikea and they needed help. I'm just going, what? He's always laying down his time. He's studying to be a lawyer. I'm like, dude, you, you, your, your time is, is being spoken for. He had a kid. His, his time, he got married. He, his time is being spoken for, but he's He's still constantly finding time to say, man, you know what? There's some things that I'm going to have to sacrifice to show up for the people in my world. What about us? What about us today? I mean, I think, I think this weekend we've got to ask ourselves if we're really going to love like Jesus. What's the thing in our life that we're just holding on to that maybe if we were to let go, our relationships would improve drastically? You want to know who laid something down? It wasn't just his life, ladies and gentlemen. He was God. Jesus, I, I love, this, this, is, this is what Paul heard about Jesus. This was Jesus' reputation with first century Christians, followers of the way. They said, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Made himself nothing. You and I live in a world where everyone's trying to do something and make themselves something. Jesus is going, I'm going in the other direction and I'm God. He didn't see it as something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Jesus laid it all down so that he could love you, so he could love me. I mean, I, I have to ask us once again, what... What do we need to lay down for the relationships that matter the most? I love what Rick Warren says. He says, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. 
It's thinking of yourself less. I know it's easy in 2020 to think about, man, how does this year affect me? How does this election affect me? How does this pandemic affect me? But I think if we're going to make an impact in the world around us, what we're going to have to do is pause our lives long enough to say, you know what? I want to love like Jesus. And while I realize that there are some things happening with me, I also realize there are some things also happening with others. There are some battles that other people are fighting. So here's the deal. While we could sit and have coffee and discuss what Jesus would do, what Jesus would say, what Jesus would post, what Jesus would support, what Jesus would protest, who he would endorse, while we could have those discussions. I would rather be moved on a daily basis and motivated by what motivated Jesus, which was his love. I hope that that is what steers our decision. I hope that that is what steers what we do and what we say and what we post sometimes. I realize that perhaps the people that we would even consider enemies or people that we would consider opposing our views or our values are often on the other side of the screen. I would encourage us during this season to ask ourselves, what does it look like to love like Jesus? Maybe there's someone in your neighborhood that has a sign in their yard endorsing something that you feel like you are against. Perhaps the love of Jesus just might lead you to send them Tiff's treats. Make them some cookies. Leave a card. Be a friendly neighbor. Might be difficult for you to do, but maybe the love of Jesus just leads you to do some sort of kind gesture. I don't know. I could make the argument that Jesus would do that. But I'd rather make a better argument, which is asking the question, what would love do? What would love lead us to do for someone or anyone, especially each other? What should we say as we love like Jesus? I'd love to play referee on that. But my hope and prayer is that we would be guided by love. That if we find ourselves not just opposing our neighbors or some people at work, but perhaps we find ourselves as someone in our home that has been rather difficult to love. Perhaps the love of Jesus would lead us in a direction to apologize first. To lay something down. Or maybe it's not an apology. Maybe it's just a little bit of appreciation to look at your spouse, to look at your kids and say, I, I see you and I appreciate you. I could stand up here all day and put a list of things on the screen and say, this is what Jesus would say and this is what Jesus would do. But I just hope that the guide for our life, the motivating factor that would be steering how we live would be how we love and that we would look at the life of Jesus and see that he was constantly 
laying something down. And my hope and prayer for you this week is that you would begin a journey where you begin to lay down the thing that is so tough to let go. God, I thank you so much for each and every person watching today's message. God, I pray that you would help us love like you. God, I pray that you would help us love the world how you so love the world. God, for our neighbors, for our friends, for our family, for our spouses, for our bosses, Lord, I just pray that you would fill us with your love and that your love would lead us to do some things that perhaps are crazy, some things that perhaps are radical. Because I believe that is how we change the world. Help us to love like Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Everybody said Amen. Hey, uh, next week we are regathering. So the next time I see you, I want you to bring a friend. Hey, join us for week two next week for Love Like Jesus. Have a fantastic weekend.